and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. Thanks for doing this again, Brandon. Hey, thanks for having me on, Sean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's always a pleasure. So, kind of good timing here. About, like, less than an hour ago, news broke. That, and I have to say I wasn't expecting this, and I don't know if you were either or thought it was a possibility, but Yusuf Nurkic apparently is upgraded to questionable for the game tomorrow against the Celtics, which means maybe he actually plays, which... He hasn't played in over a month. He got hurt in the Memphis game on February 1st and has missed the last 14 games. And we just kind of thought, you know, with the calf injury, that's something that takes a lot of ramp up. And they, Chauncey had been saying, like, oh, he only, you know, he's he's been doing some on-court stuff. But now it's like, oh, it might play tomorrow. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, too, like, the last questionable guy we had where I remember seeing it in – look, you're, you're the beat guy, right? But, like, mm-hmm. I remember seeing it and I, I kind of have an idea or – I read your stuff and I try to keep up as much as I can. I, I remember being cut off guard and oh, they yeah. said Ant's questionable and then boom, he's starting and he's playing and you know, it's really unfortunate for him and the team that he kind of re-aggravated the ankle stuff. But um, I don't know. I, this one kind of caught me off guard. I, you know, I've been talking about the blaze a little bit lately on the radio show, uh, mainly Dame stuff. Cause the team's been so mad. Yeah. But, uh, the Nurk thing, like I've, I've kind of just been out there with it. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they shut him down. There's, what, 17, 18 games, 19 games, whatever it is. And I just don't think they're very good. But maybe this is the move where he's healthy enough to go. And, you know, this is the last real push because their schedule's certainly not easy. They have Houston, obviously, coming up at some point. But I think Philly they're done with and, Houston. I think they've got – I think San Antonio is their only uh, – maybe, Yeah, maybe that's who it is. A Texas team and then – you know, Philly, Sacramento, and you got Boston tomorrow. Like, you, your schedule starts at Golden State. I think they got one more. Like, I, I've I, got Boston twice. They've got the yeah. Knicks, who are, like, the hottest team in the NBA right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've got, they've, got, uh, they've got Memphis one more time, although, you know, that's obviously gone kind of sideways. They've got the Clippers. Yeah. They've got uh, Utah, who's still hanging in there. I think the thing is, though, I think they still feel like, and, I mean, this is what Dame has been saying the whole time and why I've always kind of pushed back against the idea that they're going to try to tank, even when it looked like it might be that way. You look at where they are in the standings right now. Right now, they're in a four-way tie with Utah, the Lakers, and New Orleans. Technically, according to the ESPN standings, like, these different sites could calculate the tiebreaker stuff wrong or differently or whatever the case may be. But, like, I'm looking at it on ESPN right now. They are... They have the exact same record, 31 and 34, as three other teams. They are technically, based on tiebreakers, in 10th right now. And I think they feel like, look, the Lakers, like, LeBron's still, you know, going to be out for at least a couple more weeks. Who knows, you know, if he's going to be able to come back. Uh, New Orleans, still without Mm -hmm. Zion. Like, that's not, like, a juggernaut. Uh, And then Utah, like, they're still hanging in there, but they're still, like... You know, they, they, based on what they did at the deadline, they're clearly not, like, 
going all out trying to make the playoffs like that's not their goal for the season as an organization it's kind of looking like you know maybe Oklahoma City's fallen out a little bit Shea Gildas Alexander's resting some ga- resting games or whatever uh, I think they're looking at it like you know what we know we're not very good the roster is what it is the team is what it is the record is what it is but we still got a shot we can still make a little push here well absolutely I think that's what a Nurkic return would do for him now if we buy it, that's a different conversation, but Dame wants a shot. That's all Dame wants mm-hmm. is a shot. I think Dame yeah. understands the reality of where they're at right now, even with that shot. But it's funny, Sean, like you're you're around the team, you're around the city, you see talk to these fans too. Like most of my friends or family who are fans at this point are more disappointed by them going for that than doing the cliche basketball fan, go for the Wimby sweepstakes, like give yourself more ping pong balls. So I know that's not where everybody is and where the team is, but there, there are those fans that out there that exist like that. Like, yeah. Oh, everybody's, everybody's. I mean, I think the thing to keep in mind, and I, this is something, cause like when I was younger, before I was like doing this professionally and I was like around these guys all the time, talking to people all the time, like, you know, I, I, I definitely used to have that kind of mindset, you know, when I was just like a fan watching from home being like, well, my team's not going to win a championship. And uh, whoever, <laughs> you know, whoever it is, whether it's like Andrew Wiggins or, you know, one year it was like my producer Mario and I were talking about this before you jumped on. But like Shabazz Muhammad was like the guy everybody was tanking for one year. Like whoever, whoever it is, I was always like, oh, man, it would be awesome if they could get this guy or like, you know, lose a bunch of games. But like, look. I lived it last year. I was the only media member. Maybe this is like just, this isn't like me like talking myself up. I just happened to be the only person probably in the city of Portland that didn't get COVID at some point. And I still never had it, by the way. But like, I was the only media member that went to all 41 home games last year. <laughs> I, uh, even if it's just for like two weeks or whatever, right. or, or, or four weeks or however long the rest of the season was or is at this point. I don't want to do that again. Like, it's not... And I mean, it's a little bit of a different situation because last year, like, once Dame got shut down and then, like, Nurk and Simons and who everybody else got shut down, like, even the young players that they quote-unquote wanted to develop, like Nasir Little, were shut down by the end of the season because they had injuries. And so they were just, like, playing out the string, throwing out, like, Kelgen Blevins and Elijah Hughes and CJ Ellaby and, like, all these you know, frankly, non-NBA players. Plus, like, Drew Eubanks and Trenton Watford, who are actually still in the rotation now and are actually decent NBA players. But, like, that stuff is not fun to watch. Like, I know... And you could justify it for, like, the short term of, like, last season. It was like, okay, Dame is hurt. Dame actually needed the surgery. Let's do this. This is the thing to do for this year. This makes sense. But, like, Dame is playing at the level that he's playing at, like... I understand where someone would be coming from where they would say, you know what? This team, like best case scenario, they make the play in and they lose to Phoenix or Golden State or Sacramento or whoever in the first round. One of the actually good teams in the West. So, you know, let's just shut Dame down. We don't want to risk him getting hurt. But it's like, if you're Dame, like last year he actually needed the surgery and he was actually hurt. And, Maybe if they really, really wanted to, they could have had him come back towards the end of the year, but I think they all just kind of agreed like this was the best thing to do for that year. When he's not only fully recovered from that injury and fully healthy, but 
playing at arguably the highest level of his entire career. You want to go sit down with him and be like, hey, Dame, you know, I know you're having, like, the best season of your career right now, but, you know, let's just shut it down. Let's just make up a calf injury or something. Just, just Let's just shut it down, try to get a higher draft pick. I don't think Dame's going to go for that. Well, also, like, so you want the organization that's done nothing right by him for almost a decade. You want them to approach him and say, hey, we know this year didn't go how you thought. We're going to get worse, and we need you to stop playing basketball. I just – I. That would be the wrong approach. Uh, the tanking thing doesn't make sense for them. Uh, and I, I'm, I've come around. You talk about how you used to be young. You used to think, well, my team's not going to win. Just tank. I've come around on the culture stuff. I, I think sometimes it can be exaggerated, but culture and winning and caring about winning matters. And I think it's why you see some organizations just routinely stuck in this. Like, Everybody loves to praise the Sam Presti Oklahoma City thing, right? Shea Gilgis is having a great year. They've mm-hmm. got Chet coming back next year. Giddy's fun. And and I, I like some of those pieces. I think they can be a good team. But I'm kind of to the point now where it's like, okay, you got 34 first-round draft picks. Start trading them. Start caring. Because at some point, you keep sucking every year to go get the next great thing. You're just going to be what you are, a bad organization. You can say whatever you want about draft capital, but, you know, Portland gets out of that Chicago situation. I personally, even if they get the plan, I don't think they're beating seven or eight. You're not beating the Clippers or the Mavericks in a one game, yeah. uh, even with Dame. And so you'd be right there. You could use that. to be another asset you could do, assuming you get out of the Chicago situation. Like, I just, I don't think it changes much for them. I think Wimby's going to somehow end up in San Antonio anyway because Greg Popovich always gets the international guy when he needs it. And you know what? You move on from that and you wipe your hands of the season. The season was not what you thought it would be. And now you just obtain assets by using whatever you have. Go use your resources. And please, for the love of God, go get another big-time player by exercising and using as many things as possible as it takes. The, I mean, the all-time example of this was, you know, the the process Sixers, but which I mean, you you and you look at there's so many examples of guys that early on in their careers like didn't really stick. You know, Jeremy Grant is one of them. That's where he started out. You know, Robert Covington. Like, there are so many guys that became good NBA players later on once they got out of Philly and got out of like, you know, a situation where they were like told to you know expect to lose every year. Like, like how do you how do you, how do you feel like? If you're, you know, if you're, if you're a, like, if you're a first round pick or a lottery pick, you have like a lot of guaranteed money coming in. And so you're, you're going to be fine. But if you're one of these undrafted guys or these second round picks where you only have really a couple of years to prove that you can stick in the league, you get to a team and you're like, Hey, we're going to play you, but we want you to lose as many games as possible. Like, what is that? What does that do? I, I mean, t- to me, it's like you, you want, you want these young guys to get used to, you know, you want them to build, you know, the right habits. You want them to feel, you know, get used to winning, get them to feel like they're playing for something. And like, yeah, maybe if they decided tomorrow to shut Dame down and pull the plug and, hey, we're going to play Shaden Sharp 30 minutes a game now. It's like, okay, I'd rather have Shaden Sharp play 15 minutes a game, but like be actually playing in impact games that, you know, he where he's not just out there, you know, just messing up with no consequences. You want him to feel like I have to actually contribute or else I'm not going to play. Like that, like I feel like that's just as valuable to a lot of these young guys as just purely reps or any of that stuff. Like I and I, 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 I'm with you on the draft capital thing. Like I think you know, 
I, I would agree with you. I don't I don't think the Blazers, when the playoffs start, whatever, you know, April, whatever. It's like, last game of the regular season is April 9th. And then there's like a week of play-in. So it's like April, what, 15th, 16th, whatever the first day of the actual playoffs is. If you're asking me to predict right now, I do not think that the Portland Trail Blazers will be one of the eight teams actually playing in a 1-8 or 2-7 playoff series. But if they have the, you know, 11th or 12th best lottery odds versus the 9th or 10th best lottery odds, if you're in any of those spots and you end up winning the lottery somehow and getting Victor Wembanyama, then, you know, that changes a lot of things. But having the... 10th pick versus having the 12th pick in the draft <laughs> is not really that materially going right. to affect your ability to use that pick to go get whoever, if that's what they're going to do with the pick. Well, I mean, yeah, Zach Collins, Donovan Mitchell, right? It's just a matter of how you scout it, where you pick them, where you land, all that stuff. I mean, on or the young- to use that pick, like, like if, if total pie in the sky here, you know, speaking of the, the, the process Sixers, I know this has been like a popular topic on Blazers Twitter and other internet, you know, platforms lately, but let's say Philadelphia starts taking calls on Joel Embiid. I don't think Daryl Morey is going to be like, well, you have the 12th pick, but if you had the 10th pick, I'd be interested. I don't, I don't want the 12th pick. I'm good on that. Like, I don't think that like one or two different or no, if it's not Embiid, it's, you know, Towns or Siakam or who, whoever. Whoever, like, the guy is that you're, you're going after in that scenario. I don't think the teams that are taking those, you know, calls or, or taking offers are really going to completely change their tune based on it being, like, two picks later in the lottery than it, you know, would have been if you had, like, intentionally lost some more games. So the young player thing, I want to hit on that real quick. Like... Yeah, Shaden could play 30 minutes in a night where Dame sits and they don't care and they want to collect ping pong balls. That's uh-huh. cool. You know me. I, you know me. I've been on it from day You've one. You've been team play Shaden. This is one. This play is one. Shaden. I, you, you officially won that debate. I had you on in like July. Yeah. And that was something you and I disagreed on pretty strongly. I thought they right. were going to just redshirt him and basically not play him all year like they did with Anthony Simons his rookie year. And you were like, no, I think he's going to earn minutes. And you know, opening night of the season, he is in the rotation and has not, I mean, he had one game where he like missed with a finger injury, but he's played in, you know, assuming he doesn't miss more time, he will have played 81 of 82 games this year. They're real minutes, not garbage minutes. Well, and, and part of that too, like Gary gets hurt. There's an opportunity yeah. there. Look, I, I, it wasn't me predicting to be right versus your opinion. I kind of was like, he makes great points. He's right, but damn it. I want him to play, Man. but I, I would still rather him play 15 minutes against Utah in a play in game. Seeing what Dame does in that environment, seeing what that feels like, like feeling that pressure of it's win or it's go home. And, you know, if they got to that spot, they're there right now, I would pick them to win. It's Damian Lillard versus who? Walker Kessler? Like, I, I'm just going to bet on Damian Lillard there. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then you either get – I forget how it goes. 7-8. Oh, 7-8 that gets the 7 The winner of the 7-8 gets yeah. the 7 seed, and then the so loser you get the plays Clippers. the winner of the 9-10. Yes. So basically, you yeah. have to – if you win – if you're the 7-8, you win one game, you're 7. You you're have in. to win two. Yeah. You have to win two for the 8 seed, whether it be the – or you have to win – you have to it, – it's, it's – it, people understand. People know how 